I strongly believe that if you're working with the employer and they understand the quality of students that they're getting and that we're curating that relationship and we are sort of in some ways guaranteeing that there's a certain level of knowledge and skills, that's really worth something. Welcome to Forward with NACI, Inspiring Entrepreneurial Action, a podcast that shares the stories of everyday entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial leaders, and the communities that support us. We hope that this diverse collection of stories brings you inspiration, inspires you to take action, and ignites entrepreneurship in your community as we make our way forward together. Welcome to this episode of Forward with NACI. I'm Rebecca Corbin, President and CEO of NACI, and I'm really happy to have a very special guest with us today. She's been a leader in numerous roles uh, from the state of California and a very good friend to NACI and moving some really interesting initiatives forward. Um, Many of the things she's working on now connect to workforce, which is what uh, a lot of uh, folks in our communities are talking about. So I'd like to welcome uh, Shenny Weber to our program. And um, Shenny, we're just going to begin by having you share a little bit about your background and some of the things that you're um, excited to be working on now. Thank you, Becky. It's wonderful to be with you here and uh, really uh, appreciate all the wonderful things you're doing for entrepreneurship through NACI and your leadership. I have a very uh, kind of varied background, and uh, I think uh, most people don't know that I came to the United States as a foreign student, so I'm essentially an immigrant. I'm influenced a lot by, I guess, my my childhood where I moved around a lot. My parents were immigrants to multiple countries, and so I lived through that experience. And also, my parents coming from a generation where they have experienced war and having been war refugees, things that, that I hear growing up shapes, you know, how I think, and just learning about the cultural biases. And uh, for example, in, in our Asian community, there's there's some gender biases where boys are valued over girls. And, you know, that really shapes my thinking and uh, sort of my, my world perspective. And I was very fortunate to uh, be able to have, you know, education in the United States. I will tell you that my journey really, I think, start started when I went to San Diego State working on my master's program, one of my professors had a huge impact on me because you know how when you're in in college and doing getting a graduate degree, you're so academically focused. You're just, just trying to get through college, right? You lose sight of what's really important, which is why we go to school. I wanted to get a job when I was done. And so I'm I'm trying to I'm struggling through to graduate school, trying to figure out what my thesis should be. And finally, my professor, because I was undecided, you know, I kept changing my mind. And finally, my professor said to me something that I will never forget. I've carried with me through the, my entire life is, Shani, just do something that will help you get a job. <laughs> and that like was like a big you know, like big sort of kind of one of those bonk over my head is like, you know, don't forget why you're here. Yeah, that's, it's really powerful. It actually reminds me, Shani, I'm here in Asheville, North Carolina for Community Colleges of Appalachia Conference. And I heard a speaker yesterday talk about student orientations and how we just dump all of this information on students. If they're first generation, none of it, half of it probably doesn't make any sense. And the quote that stood out to me, she said something very similar to what you just said. 
find the one person who can help you, period. Like you don't have to understand the whole journey. And it just sort of speaks to the fact that that person helped you in your career. And now fast forward, you're helping a whole lot of other people kind of navigate that space. And so I I know you and I share uh, the love for community colleges as a lot of our um, listeners around the world do. So why don't you jump into a little bit of the now and um, you are now have a leadership role in, in just an amazing community college out, out in California. So why don't you tell us um, about your college, where it's located and some of the work that you're doing right now that connects to workforce and, and helping others, uh, you know, to, to kind of navigate uh, finding a job or creating one own job in, in some cases? Well, I think, Becky, I've been very fortunate uh, to be in having been involved with community colleges for over 20 years. Uh, spent a lot of time at Long Beach City College, which is a very large urban college. And then now I'm at Chafee College, which is in the Inland Empire um, in San Bernardino County, which is I understand the largest county in, in the country in, in terms of oh that. really. You know, San Bernardino County is part of the Inland Empire in California. It's one of the less um, areas where there's less investments made within the state. Um, Hispanic population is over 51%. And the the college graduates, the college uh, education attainment is uh, significantly less than California. It sits at 23% compared to uh, 35% in California and 33% statewide. So there's really a, a need here. Uh, in our region to think about how we can better unlock uh, economic mobility for a lot of the immigrants, a lot of the, you know, diverse populations, the disproportionately impacted population. And I am so fortunate to be able to have this opportunity to be at Chafee to look at um, how we embed and integrate workforce into instruction, looking at the uh, enrollment to employment framework, you know, what that really looks like and really thinking about how we can make sure that we are delivering skills-based education, right? Sometimes we forget that it's all about imparting skills, especially these days where the world has changed so much through the pandemic. There's a lot of, you know, sort of different realities and different perspectives now, making sure that students have a set of skills, kind of building a skills portfolio that really matches what employers are looking for. I have this theory about the skills gap being really being a couple of things, right? Whether education has been paying attention to how job skills have changed over time, particularly in the last five years, the shift has been incredible. Has our curriculum caught up? Have we been able to articulate those skills that we've been teaching our students so that they can articulate it when they're ready to move into the workforce and show employers, like, even though I'm an English major, I have all these incredible skills that is valuable to the company uh, in, in a lot of different positions. Yeah, and that's really where I believe, and we've had these conversations before, about how entrepreneurial mindset is so important. You know, sometimes people call it success mindset or growth mindset because not everybody's going to start a business, but everybody needs to provide value. Um, It's getting your foot in the door um, so that students that maybe don't have that tradition of, you know, their families aren't in necessarily professional jobs or skilled jobs. So they're trying to make their way forward into those um, 
things. And, you know, one of the things I really love about your story and just getting to know you over the years is, you know, your story of yourself being um, an immigrant and having just really deep empathy for how challenging it can be to navigate the system. But now you're in a position of influence, obviously, um, and it's a great challenge. You, you shared with us some of the demographics in the Inland Empire region, and they're very measurable, right? Because you're you're going to measure the number of, of jobs and uh, measure the, the student outcomes. So tell us a little bit about how do you suggest that colleges can work best with employers? Like what are some of the, the best practices that you're either employing or you're trying to get um, others to adopt? Employers are an incredible asset that I don't think that we spend enough time sort of leveraging. You know, if we go with the whole premise that we are training students for jobs, right? It's not just about getting a piece of paper. The, the degree is not the destination, but the, the employment, the career, and the job is the destination, then we really do need to talk to employers and, and it needs to be done up front. So before you create any kind of program in any curriculum, I often like to ask the question, the questions of, you know, what job are you training for? What, you know, what is this program training for? And then where are the jobs? Who's hiring? Right. We need to understand that. And it could be a, a suite of jobs. You know, it could be all related groups of jobs. But still, you know, talking to employers, what, what would make an employee successful? You look at any job description out there, including those that we have at community colleges. Right. You break it down and it's all about knowledge, skills, abilities and experience. That's what job descriptions are made of. And you know, if you think about it, the purpose of education is really to impart knowledge and then skills and develop those abilities. And then the work experience is what gives you the experience that makes, you know, like put pulls everything together. And so really understanding the knowledge skills um, that employers need for particular uh, occupations and then designing the curriculum based on that. And, and looking at how to integrate some of the, the internships, the apprenticeship models into developing the abilities. And then also sprinkle in the, you know, we talk about work-based learning a lot these days. How do you give them some work experience? Because, you know, another catch-22 we have to solve is a lot of employers will say, well, we need two years of experience to, you know, before we'll hire somebody. But if nobody will hire you, how can you get your two years of experience? And so that's where the partnership comes in and really talking to employers up front rather than you've built a curriculum, you've built a program, and then you run it by employers to say, well, what do you think? Do you think this will be okay? And, you know, employers don't really have skin in the game because what you really want them to do also is if they're willing to work with you on the curriculum and you really listen, we're really listening to them, then they should be hiring our students. Yeah, it occurs to me too. I'd love to hear what you think about internships and the role that those could play for community college. And I know there's, you know, feelings on both sides, but but many people believe that internships should be paid, uh, particularly for students that are coming, you know, from more economically challenged backgrounds. Absolutely. I think we really need a lot more earn and learn models. Uh, internship really should be uh, paid. And I even believe that internships should be paid at living wages 
because um, that's really important to, to our students, right? We know community colleges and, and the, the profile of students uh, we serve have a lot of barriers and challenges. If we're going to value their learning experience and value their time and their talent, uh, I really believe that they should be paid. I think that's one of the challenges that we do face in trying to develop more internships for students and work experience for students. But I strongly believe that if you're working with the employer and they understand the quality of students that they're getting and that we're curating that relationship and we are sort of in some ways guaranteeing that there's a certain level of knowledge and skills, that's really worth something. And if we're managing that experience and trying to be make it easy for the employers to hire our students, um, and then sometimes you can partner with you know some of our local governments to provide incentives to businesses uh, to hire our students um, and structure that learning process for them. Um, whatever we can do to make it easier, there are employers out there who are very supportive and who understands. Um, the need, you know, to to give students the, those opportunities and develop the the future talent because that's a future employee for them potentially. Yeah, I, I think that makes so much sense, and it sounds like you know you're coming at it from sort of a business mindset too. That the employers really are a customer, and the students are a customer. And I like what you said also about designing something that works and. Do you do you do things um, in your current role where you kind of experiment with things like you'll you'll try designing a program and then test it out somewhere, maybe not a program, but an approach and then see if it works and then try to you know apply it somewhere else? Absolutely, uh, Becky. I think I've been very fortunate also with, you know, having uh, been involved with Nancy all these years and having uh, experience running entrepreneurship programs, applying this entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, in our jobs is is really important. You know, the prototyping, the experimenting, I do a lot of that. And I think my my colleagues know that, you know, I always ask the question of why not? You know, why can't we try this? Um, and so we often, we often do that. We um, look at, you know, what if we did this and what if we turn this into an apprenticeship program? Or what if this is a pre-apprenticeship program and then we we feed it into the next level certificate? So we, we look at that a lot. We uh, like to prototype different programs and partner with industry uh, and partner with private organizations and private foundations to try different um, types of uh, opportunities, particularly for students. I try to remind myself and think about, you know, what would be helpful to students? How can we bring a lot more experiential learning opportunities to students in addition to the work experience. Yeah, because, you know, part of, I think, the role of not only getting educated or trained at a community or technical college, but is really thinking about what environment do you like to, you know, to work in? If you love to travel, then a job like mine is perfect for you. If you don't like travel, then you're going to hate this job. And likewise, people that want to sit behind a desk or people that want to be out in nature and all of those things that I think we can really help the employers and, and the students and then have better you know, success metrics. And 
I know with the Inland Empire, I did not realize how large it was. I knew it was large, but that was um, a kind of an informative fact. But as you look into the future, Shani, and um, the leadership role that you've taken on, what are some of the things that you are hopeful uh, to accomplish in, in the in the years ahead? One of the things that I've been really working and th- uh, thinking about, and I think many people around the, the country um, is, is doing this as well, is looking at how do we develop more flexible and alternative pathways to four-year degrees, um, which has been the tradition, right, getting a four-year degree. But as we have seen, um, and I, I talked about, you know, the, the four-year degree is no longer a destination for a lot of people. It's no longer attractive for a number of reasons, you know, the the debt that comes and there's no guarantee of a career that pays off your debt. Um, A lot of people are looking for other options. And increasingly, companies are doing skills-based hiring, particularly in that we are seeing that in the IT sector, where the shortage is so great, you know, requiring a piece of paper is no longer realistic. It's about what skills do you bring to the table? What can you do? Which means that Competency-based education, you know, edu- learning that skills and competency-based is so critical now. Um, I think that's the the where we all need to move to. We've seen a lot of successes, you know, elsewhere. Helping students build that skills portfolio, which has to be very interdisciplinary because, you know, the world is just so connected now. And it used to be just workforce development and economic development and entrepreneurial kind of it does its own thing. Well, you can't do that anymore. You know, entrepreneurial mindset is, is in uh, everything, right? Even in workforce and economic development, you're looking at working with the businesses, helping them with job creation, the, um, you know, small businesses and entrepreneurship is still the biggest creation of jobs in the United States. And so thinking about all of these pieces and how do you grow your local ecosystem by connecting the dots, I think that's really uh, an exciting um, opportunity for me and, and you know, working with my colleagues in, in trying to build that at JV College. Yeah, it's one of the, I think, kind of the restorative things of, or, you know, we're kind of through the pandemic. We know we're learning all of us to live with COVID, but certain systems have been disrupted. And and we all, I think, agree that we're not going to go back to the way we've lived our lives or the way we're teaching, the way that we're running our organizations um, and thinking about how, as you said, entrepreneurial mindset can really help all of us to really think about things from others' perspectives, you know, come up with sort of innovative solutions. So. I really appreciate you, Shenny, and the work that you do and just knowing you over the years. So we're gonna continue to to follow your good work and um, just know how much uh, we appreciate um, everything that you do at NACI and just wish you um, a very uh, wonderful rest of your day. and, And thank you so much for sharing with our audience. Thank you, Becky, for this opportunity. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you will continue to explore the many ways to define entrepreneurship with NACI as we celebrate opportunity, failing forward, and success, learning from one another along the way. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and follow at NACI on social media and learn more about us at NACI.com forward slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode each week. We look forward to making our way forward together with you.
Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www.nacyplaybook.com.